2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: In goes Stewart!
4: They've only got to done it!
2: And with a
3: quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest pedal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian, and on tonight's episode, we've got a bit of a squad rotation going on. Joining us on this episode, Elliot Watts. Welcome back. Good evening. And the Angolan Glover, Chris Flocks, How you doing, mate?
4: Hello. How are you? You all right?
3: Yes, all good, all good. Uh, we're talking tonight. A couple of nights after a, is it a winning draw, a losing draw? What do we feel? <laughs> At uh, Eastleigh, um, Just a ghastly draw. should we get that? <laughs> a ghastly draw. And uh, you were there. Uh, you braved it. It was a rainy night, wasn't it? It wasn't the nicest of evenings, but um,
0: no, it was a wet day in Eastleigh. It'd been wet all day. It was a wet night. It was a slippy pitch. To be fair, yeah. Um, one pretty though. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ten ten days since we played York, so plenty of time to. Uh, reset and have a refresh i know you weren't at the york city game and we talked about changing the shape go to a back three which it sounded like it was about four on the radio but just before we've come on you've said you're not sure uh what were your overriding thoughts on, on the performance from tuesday night
0: i think they're not sure that everyone had is there was no shape to the team whatsoever um it felt like players didn't know where they needed to be. Um, It was nice to see Staunton move back into midfield uh, and we could do a little bit more of that going forward. Um, But at the same time, the midfield felt a little bit out of touch, non-existent. They got through the midfield. They cut cut across us really, really easy. That Harper who played for Eastleigh, Add us on toast all night down the wing, to be fair. Um, Wakefield in his right midfield, right back sort of position. Um, let's be honest, he looks a shell of what he was last season. Um he does looks like he doesn't know where he's meant to be, what he's meant to be doing. Um, and Wakefield's the kind of player that when you get him on the ball, you need him to be at the pitch and to run up players and to terrorize them, which is what he does really well and put the ball in the box. Um, and we could have played that game on Tuesday night without no news there, in my opinion. Um, and that's a real shame because he probably should be one of our best players. Um Bevan at centre back was a nice bit of fresh air they I think he was solid. He was very commanding at centre back. Um, so there's Slight positives to try and take (laughs) from the game. I don't know what it is as well. Um, It feels like all the matches I've been to this season, apart from Wrexham, we don't start playing until like the last five minutes and then we go, oh, need to try and get a goal there. Um, Mind you, they probably could have scored at the end as well as we could and they went down to 10 men Um, from what looked like an outrageous tackle from when I saw it. I haven't seen it again. Um, the lad flew through the air and it didn't look like there were many complaints from the usually fans about the red card um, but it was a bit too late to capitalise on it by that point and as much as we probably could and should have put the ball in the box so, so could they um, and it didn't look like we had the one man advantage in the last few minutes of play
3: It's like a growing a constant theme of us even through down so was not being able to break teams down with ten men. I want to circle back on uh, the midfield. So the, the the midfield was it a three? Staunton, Worthington, and Diaf? Yeah. And I mean, I. It's worrying that they're getting you know bypass in the midfield again. That was uh, certainly something foxy. I think the York City game. It felt like there was no midfield at all. Did it?
4: No, no, I feel that that's where we've completely ballsed up our recruitment, I think, in the summer. Um, that's a polite word for it. <laughs> I think that um, Hargreaves seems to have focused on shoring us up at the back, which, again, hasn't really happened a little bit, but not really, um, and try to improve us in attack, which, let's be honest... Um, our strikers haven't scored any goals, uh, bar Linton. Um, and in midfield, he seems to have just forgotten that we actually haven't got anyone in centre midfield bar Matt Worthington. Obviously, he's been playing Staunton at the back all season. Obviously, he's moved in, moved him into midfield on Tuesday, which is a positive sign, because at the moment, we don't seem to be... Look like We don't even look like we're going to win anything in midfield, and that's where... That's where the battles are won. That's where the games are won in, in the midfield. And if you bypass them, what are we doing? Just lumping the ball forward and hoping for the best. And at the moment, our midfield seems to be sat right in front of our back four. So you've got a massive gap in between our midfield and our strike force. And it keeps on coming back. And it's never going never to change until we actually get our foot on the ball in midfield.
3: And was that the theme on Tuesday night, Elliot? Was there that sort of that... Get up to a striker, hope something sticks. Or, you know, if, if if we were overrunning midfield, was Staunton finding himself back in sort of that centre-back area rather than perhaps in front where he can get on the ball?
0: Yeah, there was one point in the game where it just felt like the ball was coming at us every time. Um, we didn't. We weren't stringing enough passes together. Um, the passes weren't moving us up the pitch either. Um, Kirsten probably didn't have... His best game, he's good. He's a really good player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but he scored the goal, um, capitalised on their keeper, making a bit of a mistake. Um, but him and Linton, who were up front, uh, didn't really I wouldn't say they saw a lot the game, not right. the action. They weren't loads of chances. I mean, they forced a hell of a save from Grant Smith, to be fair. Um and we didn't do a great deal of that, to be honest. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to think of the structure of formation to put it together because we thought it was 5-3-2 watching it. And you add at the back, record, Morgan Williams, Bevan, Richard Devon, and Charlie Wakefield. So it was four. Yeah. No, five at five, five
3: the back, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um. I don't know. I it just don't feel like the right tactics in this league, um, and a lot of people were saying about Hargreaves earlier in the season. I texted you earlier, didn't I? In this very much yeah. turning to Darbo, in my opinion, yeah. um, it just feels like we've got a team there. There's a good. There's a good team somewhere in there, um, but like you say, ten days after what everyone is calling the worst performance of the season so far. And yes, we went one 0 well, up, but their keeper did make a bit of a clanger. We had a chance to put the ball in the net, and after that, it still never felt at one point like we were going to win the game.
3: Yeah, I think the the story of the last two games certainly from the the feedback we've had is sort of Grant Smith has been our he was man of the match for supporters against York. I think probably the best player on the night against Eastleigh, and I think you know that that is a a worrying trend if your goalkeeper is getting out of the match every week
0: I think the other thing that I find a little bit I don't know strange is the right word but the subs don't seem to have an impact and don't seem to change anything at the moment don't seem to Mm. be early enough Um, I think it must have been gone 75 when we bought Fisher on and then we bought another one in the late 80s and I couldn't see through the rain but there was a lad waiting on the touchline who never got on in like the 93rd minute and they're just not having the impact that they need to have to come off the bench and score a goal like Fisher didn't do a lot when he came on but he only had maybe 15 minutes of play at most um, yeah
3: that's unusual because he has the, the trend has been sort of 60th minute you could set your watch that someone's coming off and I mean usually Fisher's the one who comes off on the 60th Minute but I think you know speaking he talked about players perhaps being tired, didn't he um oh. and and you think you know about ten days like well you know where is the where's the problem there why are they going into matches after a lot of time off tired like what we you know
0: we've got some injuries that we're picking up um Roe is out for six weeks is he yeah, yeah um yeah. the lad that we paid money for isn't match fit and might be going out on loan. Um, I see today, it's not ideal, is it?
3: No, no. And Old Bear has gone to Gloucester as well, so that's another... goal to goal. You know, yeah. And so there's, uh, there, are, there are these worries, I think, that, you know, whether they're of our own making or not, it's these things that sort of add up and add to that feeling of, like dread when you're going into two games that we've got coming up in Chesterfield and Boreham Wood. Um, and, and, you know, these are these are games that at the start of the season we, we talked about win against York, win against Altringham, win away at Wealdstone I, I I know Eastleigh have started pretty well, but, you know, we're Yeovil Town, so I think we should probably categorise us. Getting a result against Eastleigh should be one of those we should be picking up. But then when you come up against the Chesterfields and you know even Boreham Wood you know <laughs> we're looking at them as a team that they'll be above us this season and you sort of think they were where were they 5 years ago in comparison to to us
0: and very quickly we're going to be at that magical 10 game point what are we 8 games in already yeah ten ten 10 games yeah. is quite a long time into the season you're nearly a quarter of way through the season and uh as we famously know, Gary Johnson always said, don't judge me until we're 10 games in. We've got two hard games coming up, haven't we?
3: We have, uh,
4: yeah.
0: And uh, you can't get promoted in the first 10 games, but you can very quickly be looking at the bottom end of the table in the first 10 games and get cut adrift. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be right at the bottom of a relegation scrap after 10 games, but... You're petering even around that seventeenth, eighteenth sort of place in the league, as we saw when we went down from League One, League Two. You get cut adrift from the teams above you really quickly, and it becomes a dogfight to beat those teams at the bottom. They're up for playing you, and it's going to be hard work if that's the case. We we really need some results, and a point on the board is okay if we would beat York, Maybe point on the board away from home could be acceptable, but. We didn't win that game, and we, yeah. then we drew on Tuesday night, and it's just another two opportunities missed. That's another point out of six on the board available.
4: Like, just it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, but do and we, I need, think could we need to reassess the the Green Day the Green Day rule from Mister Barrett? Because by by the end of September, obviously, I know that's still what three games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we lose all three of those.
3: Well, yeah. And then I think, you know, even, even now, I think for me, I think the worrying trend is the, for me is the performance. Because Mm. if you were getting, if we were having performances and getting results, then, or having performances and not getting results, then you kind of think, you know, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, but the, I think the trend is after certainly after the Barnet game is that the performances seem to have dropped off. We're not keeping the ball. We're not moving it like we were. I don't know if that's down to chopping and changing. I, I mean, we can talk about Tom Knowles going, but that feels like a lifetime ago now. And, you know, Alfie Pom played two games for us and I don't think we can <laughs> pin everything on those two players as the reasons that we've, Lost. And quite
0: quite frankly, three or four games ago, people were saying, we're playing well. It'll come. Mm. It'll come. Don't worry. We've got a good team together here. But that's stopped now. No one's saying we're playing well and the points still aren't going on the board. Yeah. But if you're growing out 1-0 wins and you're playing rubbish football, you're putting points on the board and you can tally up the table a little bit and move away from the bottom end of the table. If you aren't even playing well getting points and saying something's going to come something's going to happen it just takes that one game for this team to click and then we're going to be thumping people 5-0 I mean (laughs) it's not a positive vibe and I hate to come hate to come on here so early in the season with a negative outlook on it but we've all seen what people are saying this week on Twitter we saw it last week after the York result we had a week off don't know what happened in that 10 days but we didn't go in, capitalise, take the opportunity of a week off and put a team to bed on Tuesday night and say, that's what we've been talking about the whole time. Mm-hmm. We had a manager saying that players is hired. We had players not really doing a lot out there, not stringing many passes together. Only one team looked like they were coming away with the result. And once they got the goal, even more so. It just feels really... It just feels like back to that sort of 2016, 2017 kind of years where we are looking at the bottom end of the table. We are, yeah, we're not playing great football. And a lot of the away, a lot of the away fans were booing at the end on Tuesday night, which says what we need to know.
3: Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's what happened at the end of York and you're thinking game seven and we're there. And there was no, you know, there was no hiding it. It wasn't like... Oh, there's a couple of disgruntled supporters on the terrace. It was,
4: it was a lot it of was... disgruntled people on the terrace. Having been there, yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of people that were not happy.
0: And I think there's no, there's no connection at the moment either, is there? And the fans are really struggling to get behind that team. Everything <laughs> that we sort of built over 2019, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty one, start started twenty two. Um, I don't know, feels like it's lacking something out there a little bit and I could really get behind Darren Soul's team and he moved on to something new and, yeah, we didn't go up under him, but we put in battling performances every week and we had some experienced players with some youth players and we weren't going to win every single game, but at least you could get behind them and not seeing that at the moment. That was the first away game I've got to this season, but there was no real connection between the fans and the players at all.
3: It's odd though, isn't it? Because it's that core, that you know that core is still the same. You've still got Grant Smith, you've still got Morgan Williams, Max Hunt, Josh Staunton, Matt said, Charlie Wakefield. There's still those players that were part of that group and the spine of, you know, the spine of it, Lawson Death. Like, it is It's difficult to understand why that hasn't continued.
0: And I suppose the question is, like... And it's obviously a big question because a lot of the time it's how long a piece of string because we'll never get to make these kind of decisions, but how long are these kind of results acceptable under this manager? And I put that to (laughs) both.
3: Foxy, you can go first.
4: Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. It's difficult. Um, I... Actually, spoke to my dad about it um, earlier this week. Um, actually, after the, the, I think it was Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, about um, the results, and and I said, I don't think it's going to be too long before he goes if results don't pick up quickly. And it's not just results. I think it's performances. I think what what you what else said earlier on there about something's lacking um, between the fans and the players. The fans want to see effort and performance. At the moment, it feels like, you know, I, we went to York, you went to Eastleigh, and it just didn't feel that there was that. It's real... difficult
3: because I, I, didn't, I didn't get the feeling that there wasn't any effort. I felt like there was effort. There was just zero cohesion.
4: Yeah. It, they're not playing as a team. Um and if that doesn't change in the next couple of games, I think he needs to go.
3: You put in two games on it, are
4: you? I'll probably get a bit of <laughs> backlash, Miss. And I feel, feel like I've been teed up. <laughs> but if we don't get uh if we don't get a result... if we don't get four points, I think, from the next two games. I think Um, questions will be asked more the fact that at the start of the season, when Priestnell seemed to actually be around, and um, Mr Robbins took over as well, um, there was talk of promotion and playoffs. But we seem to be a team that's a long, long way away from that. Even last season, I could see that we had a chance of getting there because of the quality that we had on the pitch. I don't feel that we've got that same quality. Um, I don't feel that our budget is like it has been over the last few seasons. Um, and I question why that would be with... Um, obviously, we've had some key players that have been sold. Obviously, we'll talk about one later on. Um And we've spoken about Tom Knowles anyway. And we've also sold our stadium for £2.8 Yes, some of that money's had to go back to Scott Priestnell's personal loan, which I don't agree with anyway. Um, But where's that rest of that money? Because it's, again, I don't want to get told off like I did last time when I was on here, but um, it's not really gone on any ground improvements and fan experience. I'll leave it at that. Um, So where is that money? Because it's not gone on the wage budget because the players that we've brought in, they won't be on a lot of money. Not at all. When you look at where we've bought them from and unfortunately for Chris Argreaves, he's a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy. But like I said, four points from two games for me. And I think if he doesn't get that, I think it could be... um, Curtains, but the problem is the old age question where is our owner?
3: I think if you look at the next four games, you've got Chesterfield at home, got Boreham Wood at home. After that, when we get into October, we've got Southend away, Dorking away before Solihull come to Hewish Park on the 8th of October. And I can see, you know, with our <laughs> With our new seeming mentality that it's, you know, we'll take a point away at Wealdstone, that's a good result. I can see Chesterfield and Boreham would be in, you know, gimme's, Southend being a gimme, but I don't know. I think if, if there's not improvement before Dorking, you've, and that goes south, you know.
0: That's a hard run of games, isn't it?
3: It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you know, Dawkins aren't the whipping boys of the division. No. Um, so and that's away on a Tuesday night. So it's uh, you know, it's a traveling, a same day travel, I would imagine, because it's, you know, a few hours up the road, not too far. It's that's a banana skin. And then, you know, Solihull come and smash you at Hewish Park. It's I don't know. We need to see we need to see a big improvement at the weekend to even show signs that something something's changing. Um
0: and and to spin it around, we it was early in the season we did see a good performance against Wrexham. They're the kind of games that you expect your team to be up for, especially at this level. Wrexham, Chesterfield, Notts County, those big kind of clubs, those clubs who are doing well in the league. Um, yeah, we know that they're big enough, Joe Quigley. We know that he's come good for them, and we'll hear a bit more about that in a bit, I'm sure. Um, but I would expect at least a good performance on Saturday from the team. Um, otherwise, if we play like that, play like we did on Tuesday night, they're going to tear us apart. Yeah. So, <laughs>
4: I've given him two games. Ian's given him four games, not uh-huh. <laughs> or are you, are you going four games, Ian? Or are you going a bit more?
3: Yeah, I think I I'm looking at the on this run of fixtures. I'm looking at Dorking, maybe Solihull. As thinking that's when someone might be forced to make a decision, and I don't. Is there someone to make a decision, <laughs>
4: Brilliant. Who knows? Um, as you asked the question,
2: I'll li- you.
0: I'd be looking for a result in the next two games. I think, um, yeah. I've I've said previously, it feels like the season we went down from League One at the moment, and I'm not not by any stretch saying that we're going to get relegated here. And I don't want to come, I don't want to come on here and be as negative as I have it so early in the season, but. I mean, we've got to face the facts. At the start of that League One season, we said week in, week out, we're too good to go down. We're too good to go down. Our team's too Mm -hmm. good. And eventually we weren't too good and we went down one season after being in the championship. And we just can't take the risk of being complacent that we're able, we're a big team, because actually our players often don't match the team that we're up against. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can have a big man big club mentality if we want to have it as fans but the reality is our players aren't better than quite a few of the teams in this league and yes we have got a great core team but it's those additional players around them that I think um, are National League standard um, if not properly a little bit below Um, and they rely on some of those other ones but even then we're not seeing them put in the performances that they need to, they need to lift themselves up a level to bring the bring the others up to standard, if you see what I mean. Um, and I'd like to see a bit more from BF starting there, really. Um, I thought it was really, really quite quiet on Tuesday night. Um, and I was happy to see him not come out and tackle. They uh, got the red card with an injury. Um, yeah. <laughs> because that could have been a heart, heart and mouth moment. I was also happy to see Staunton get up from the injury that he sustained when they went in and scored. Um, because actually for a minute I thought he was in quite a lot of bother um, and we're literally relying on those key players not breaking down again um, because if they did, we'd sort of you know, There's no one, else
3: to, no one else to come in, is there? Um, right, you talked about standards, let's hear from a supporter of the standard setters in the National League so far uh, I spoke to Tom from the Spy Rights, Rights blog and podcast This weekend, we welcome Chesterfield to Hewish Park. The Rights are unbeaten so far this season, and here to give us the inside track on the league leaders is Tom from our friends at Spyrites Rights. Welcome back to the Gloverscast, Tom.
1: Uh, it's, it's great to be back. How are you?
3: Yeah, I'm good. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it is great to be back ahead of this weekend. <laughs> you sort of tailed off towards the end of last season after Paul Cook came in and and. Bowed out at the playoffs, but it's fair to say that you have started this season quite strongly. What has changed?
1: Uh, I'd say we've got a lot of better players. Uh, that normally helps, especially when you've got <laughs> like I know Ollie Banks probably won't be playing in midfield at the weekend, but when you've got someone like him uh, running the show in the middle, it, it certainly helps. And it's, it's just bare in general. I think the I think the problem was last year we we're all a bit still. You know, we peaked at Chelsea away and then the incident that I don't want to talk about with our ex-manager. Yeah. And then it, it just seems to be like, oh, we coasted into the playoffs. And then we seemed to do an all right job at Halifax and then just got absolutely outdone by Solihull, which I think everyone expected anyway. But yes, this season's going very well. And hopefully Cabby might be playing at the weekend. So that'll certainly be a help.
3: Cabby, so let's talk about Cabby. He was seemed like he was on his way, um, and the, the deadline day move f- f- fell through. What's the, what's the situation and the feeling there? Is there relief that he's still with the club? Disappointment at missing out on a seven figure fee. I mean, probably an element of both. But um, what's his sort of what's his status? What what's happened off the back of that failed move?
1: Uh, I think I think the club's given him some time off. I think you'd expect to back in this week, which you'd expect, because I, I described it as my dad, like you've got this move to like the equivalent of like Goldman Sachs. And then all of a sudden you've got to go back to Tesco. <laughs> I think some the best way of looking at it. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're, we're all just glad that he's he's still here, to be honest, because he's made, what is it? A couple of appearances, some off the bench, but he still scored two goals. So. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of how long we'll keep. And we always knew it's going to happen at some point. You're not you're not going to be able to keep someone like him at this level. And then when you've got, you know, championship clubs like Birmingham City sniffing around him, you think, well, clearly he's is a, is a bit too good for this level. No disrespect to this level, but...
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think from, from the outside, it definitely seemed like there was a correlation to him getting injured and your results last season starting to,
1: you know, become a bit patchy. Oh, yeah, we were certainly Shimanga FC. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see any test of fan kind of dispute that. We we wouldn't look in a game and then all of a sudden he would pop up, score two and we'd win. Yeah. Whereas this season's probably one of the big differences. We've got goals now from everywhere. Like Jeff King's got three goals from right back. You know, as have just got goals from everywhere. And, and Do you think there's an
3: element of Paul kind of preparing for Shimanga, knowing that he's that good, that there's a, you know, preparing for him to leave at some point and knowing that, that the team can't rely on him for a season, because, you know, January won't be that far away and perhaps some of the clubs will come knocking again.
1: Yeah, probably. Like I was just saying, anyone could see that we, we massively relied on him. Last season. So some something had to change. And we, we definitely see that now. We've got well, we just played Paul Cook's four, two, three, one. And anybody who knows Paul Cook knows he plays four, two, three, one. That he doesn't change. So, you, so you've got your four up front who do all your attacking at the beginning of the season. That was a Sante Dobra, the, the revelation that is Joe Quigley. And uh <laughs> and who is it on the right oh Mandeville at the
3: moment, <laughs> you've uh, you've brought up the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Joe because he, uh, you know, left for you in January. Um, nine months on, and he, it sounds like he's become quite a, a big pun intended part of the squad. He, he, he struggled at first. I think there was lots of sending back to Yeovil comments. I think we noticed on Facebook, and we said, <laughs> yeah. "We'll have him back." Um but yeah what's what's happened to Joe? How's he developed and yeah, he scored a good goal, didn't he, in midweek?
1: Yeah, he's now the white Pele, as far as our <laughs> fan base is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a completely different player. It's it's unbelievable. When when we signed him, you, you could see he was signed to be this tall strike, because he is tall to play next to a to play next to Shamanga to give you something different in the box because, let's be fair, Shamanga's not going to pop up and score you a header. And then he got injured, Shamanga, and then it was left to Quigley on his own. So I think he got scapegoated a bit. Yeah. But but this year, he's just unbelievable. If, if you just said that he was the same, if you, you you couldn't say it was the same player. He runs the channels, he wins every header, he holds the ball up. It wouldn't surprise me if he's got three or four assists. You know, he's picking up goals now. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Admittedly, it takes him like four or five shots to get a goal, whereas Shamanga takes one and it's in. But honestly, he's a revelation. He's unbelievable and, yeah, well worth the money, however much it was we paid. <laughs> yeah, we'll never
3: know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. Although I suppose your lot might... Say how much he cost, but given that it's a, a trust and a supporters trust running the club, but on our side, they'll never say how much bet, we got for him. No,
1: I, I imagine it was six figures. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's
3: what we're told. We're told yeah. six figures, but um, yeah, so that's okay. That's good to hear that Joe's doing well for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he'll probably score at the weekend. He's on fire at the moment. <laughs> And do you think do you
3: think he's a big part of that four two, three one? I mean often uh, you know a lot of the times when that formation's been successful, it's always been about having a big striker at the point of that to hold it up, bring other players in. Is that a big theme or or is he doing a bit of everything He's doing that but
1: he's he's also doing a bit of everything is it's just there i, I don't I, I, I really cannot put into words the difference from last season to this season he certainly plays the role extremely well that he needs to play I know you'll see the the highlights maybe whenever whenever the national league decides clubs can release the highlights at this level I think they make it up every week but he picked the ball up from his, from our half last night and ran the full length of the half, beat three defenders and put it in the bottom corner. So, yeah, he, he can do that. He does the hold up. like He can hold off centre-halves. I, I haven't seen a defender yet actually beat him, you know, to hold, to hold off the ball. But he's, he's, just, he's just
3: class. I think there's many, <laughs> many overtown fans who will be listening to this. Uh, one, fearing the worst, and two, wondering what has happened. Because, I mean, I, I always liked Joe. I thought he was um, one of our better strikers, especially towards especially in last season. Um, mm. He came to us from Dagenham with a bit of a reputation as being a head on a stick. But for me, I always thought there was more to him than that and scored a few goals for us. And especially at the start of last season, he was the only one who did score. And I think mm. he was probably—I don't know if he was top of our scoring list, but he was certainly first or second come the end of the season on our list <laughs> of goal scorers. And he left, you know, halfway through. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I'm going to know the answer to this one. But where are the weaknesses, and what can we possibly do to get anything from Saturday's match?
1: Uh, I. If if anything, I'd say the only sticky patch would probably be hitting the ball in behind us because that's what South End seemed to do on Tuesday. But I, I don't know. There isn't much, to be honest. We haven't, <laughs> we, we haven't lost yet. No,
3: no, that's... For, I, yeah, that's a big worry. Um, yeah. Ollie Banks, you, he, he'll be out having got sent off unless there's an appeal going in or anything. I don't... Don't know what the situation was there, but he he's been a big part of things. Is who's coming in to replace him? Will there be someone as good, or uh, can we he, pick someone out there?
1: Uh, we've got Tim Akinola on loan from Arsenal.
3: Okay, he's got credentials then.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a background. It comes from an half decent club. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other way we could do on last night we put Liam Mandeville in there rather on the right wing. Because uh, I think we expect uh, the Albanian Messi to be back. We've got all these nicknames for all this (laughs) players.
3: The White Pele, the Albanian (laughs) Messi.
1: Yeah, in in Armando Dobra, who, honestly, I think before he got injured, had two goals and two assists in the first three, four games. Something like that. He is about five foot two and that's probably doing him, you know, a bit extra, but Honestly, the ball sticks. I don't know if you watched the Notts County game on telly. or watched No, any I of didn't.
3: Them. No, I haven't. But this ball sticks. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. He, uh, he came as a signing from Ipswich with Paul Cook. Yeah. i uh, say so if, if he's playing on Saturday, he will be the one to watch. Forget everyone else. Our little Albanian winger is his top draw.
3: <laughs> okay. Now, if Yeovil fans aren't weren't quaking in their boots before, <laughs> <laughs> we probably we've probably um, secured that. Are you coming down to the game this weekend?
1: I, uh, I'm not because it's the last game of our cricket season. Ah, but, okay. And if I don't play, we won't have a wicketkeeper. <laughs> so, <laughs>
3: kind of important.
1: Yeah, I don't know if the other Tom might come down. He seems to do all the obscure long-distance ones. I've done my one for the season, going to uh, Dorking. Uh, that's my long, my one long-range trip for the season.
3: <laughs> Was that the, the opening day?
1: Yes, we, we yeah. also had a red True. card on that game.
3: Two yes. red cards, wasn't it? Was it two reds and a draw? Yeah.
1: Two, two reds and a 2-2, two, two, a Desmond. <laughs> what were you uh, thinking then? You must have been thinking,
3: what the hell is this season going to be like?
1: Well, yeah, we've had three red cards in eight games. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I I think the Ollie, going back to Oli Banks, I think that one's got a good chance of being overturned because in true National League fashion, as Keeper rose the ball out, he overstretches. It was possibly a yellow at best. They play on, have a shot. He gives a goal kick, and then the game stops. He sends him off because something the f- fourth official said, and we're playing with ten men. Oh so, wow! So, so we had a player sent off for our goal kick last night. Work that one out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, rule one of the Glovers cast is that we don't complain about the refs. We oh don't no! Talk about the refs. So you've broken a rule there. Um, oh, so-
1: so- sorry. But... It's all
3: right. It's all right. It's fine. We will definitely have you back on next season, probably for a, a, a procession or later this season, sorry, for a procession of uh, winning the league because, well, I know it's early days, but looks like you're um, up there. I mean, the top the top four at the moment, I think it's going to be a race between them to um, for those automatic spots.
1: Yeah, the, the main one you, you've always worried about is Wrexham, but we, we won't say that.
3: No. Solihull as well, though.
1: Yeah, but the problem is with Wrexham is now they can sign players, can't they, whenever? They're not fixated to transfer windows anymore. Yeah. So, say it's not going well 15 games in, oh, we'll just go sign Joe Blogs from League One. Do you know?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you... Get one and a half million or whatever for Shemangi in January. Um, <laughs> you'll have your fair share of money to throw around. Oh
1: yeah, Ho- hopefully. Ho- hopefully he stays because technically he's got another. He's got this season and next season with us.
3: Oh, okay. okay. So. Well, so, yeah. we'll we'll await the team news with bated breath on Saturday uh, and hope that he's not in the starting lineup but uh, <laughs> until the next time we face each other thank you for coming on and telling us about your side of the uh, the equation and fingers crossed we can give you that first defeat of the season on saturday
1: yes fingers crossed
3: <laughs> thanks
1: tom All right, cheers
3: thanks to Tom from the Spy rights, right? They are always so chipper up there, uh, particularly at the moment. Um, the big overriding thing coming out of that is they've got the Albanian Messi in Dobra, and our our man Joe Quigley is now the white Pele, according to Tom. What? <laughs> uh, what can we do to stop Joe Quigley? I mean, you'd like to think we know. Tricks of the trade. How, how can we make amends at Hewish Park this weekend? Chris, I'll come to you first.
4: They might have the white Pele, but we've got the ginger pele in Matty Worthington.
3: <laughs> is that the answer to Joe Quigley? That's
4: <laughs> the answer to Joe Quigley is I think we could if 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 Joe obviously, as we know, Joey's a target man, we've got some big lads at the back rough him up a little bit, win those balls in the air and shut him up. (laughs) And hopefully he won't score. (laughs) That's what we need because with Joe, he's a great, He's obviously as we know, he's a great striker and he's, you know, he started off slow, came on and scored a lot of goals and that's why he obviously went to Chesterfield for however much money, which as I said earlier, we've not seen. Um, But with Joe, I think if, we get under his skin early and stop making, don't let him play. I think that's that's how we need to um, stop the white Pele from um, absolutely battering us on Saturday.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing Max Hunt in the No, I think someone who knows him,
3: mm.
0: a tall centre back. He's massive, isn't he?
3: Yeah,
0: um, might just be able to keep Quigley quiet. Um, I like Max Hunt as well. I'm quite, quite surprised he's not um not getting in the team at the moment, but I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind seeing a bit of Max Hunt on Saturday. Um he must have trained with him countless times, knows how he plays. Hopefully keep him quiet. Um Quigley's done what Quigley did with us, hasn't he? Quigley didn't start with us very well. Then found a bit of form and kicked on from there, and it was massive shame when we lost him in the end.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and when he came in, he won a fans' favourite. When he went in at Chesterfield, he won a fans' favourite as well. But soon enough, he found his way into our team, started scoring goals, even banged in a hat trick in one game, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's doing the same up there. And fair play to him. Uh, but we've got to keep him quiet at the weekend if we're going to get a result. Um, what formation are we going for?
3: I'm going to continue with a four-three-three chant, yeah. and hope it's an actual four-three-three. Not this. Looks like a four-three-three, but actually Charlie Wakefield's shielding the right back. <laughs>
0: yeah, get him, um, get him up there get him up in that front three.
3: Yeah, I mean, what would you? I mean, keeper picks himself. What? Yeah. what what's your? What's your perfect back for for this? This one. I mean, left backs are pretty much a lock, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so mine would be Record Hunt Bevan and Who's the last one that I'm missing. Record, Hunt, Bevan.
3: Williams at right back Morgan or Chiori Johnson? I
4: would go Johnson.
3: See for me for me Morgan Williams is undroppable.
0: He's a be- I-, I think he's better at um how wide than he is at centre back personally as well.
3: I think he's got a lot he's not not a brilliant crosser of the ball but I think he's got a lot um it's just his energy on that right hand side if you want someone who's going to be able to defend comfortably and give Charlie Wakefield that sort of freedom in front I think I think yeah I think I'd trust Morgan Williams more in that position than Chory Johnson
0: but then my three in front are Diaz Worthington and Staunton. I don't know if any of you would argue with that personally. That's
4: the only three centre midfielders we've (laughs) got. Yeah. If Perry's out with concussion
3: and if Callum Rowe is the other one who's out for six weeks, I mean, we're, like we said earlier, we're woefully short in midfield, but those are the only three you can go with. But based on the performance against Eastleigh, and I think. I think all three of us probably agree on your point about Lawson Diaz. I think we need to see a lot more from him going forward. Um, yeah.
0: Because he he be absolute... been, he's had
3: a quiet season.
0: And he can be mustered on this day,
3: can't he? Yeah.
0: Um, and then at top, I don't know if this is left field, if you'd agree with this or not. Um, okay, Pearson, one, one side, Wakefield, the other, and Fisher in the middle.
3: I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, we've tried, we've tried that, we've tried combinations, haven't we, up front, and none of them have really st- stuck yet. I think, I think Charlie Wakefield is. I think he needs games. I think he needs games at right wing to get his confidence back and get him on that touchline, getting crosses in. Um, the one thing. I always think back to Darren Way's four three three and we always had, you know, we had Ryan Hedges at the start when things were going well, we had Ryan Hedges to pick up the ball and, and run with it. And I don't I feel like we need a a ball carrier who the ball sticks mm. to his feet. And I think I think Torre might be more that player that when he gets going, the ball sticks. Um I like Pearson a lot. I think Pearson's that explosive that explosive player but is he better through the middle than out wide I don't know I think we've got we we've got a young player there's a bit of an unpolished diamond that we need to be careful leading on him too much especially seeing he's not our player as well um and I want to see, I do want to see scrimshaw I want to get you know see a bit of him we've signed him for money from Bournemouth he's a player that's coming with a decent reputation played in the Football League as well. Like, is he ready? It feels like he's one of the ones who should be ready to come in more than Dawes because Dawes has come up from Stratford. You've got a player who's come down and you think, let's get him on not chasing chasing for the last 15. So I would like to see him at some point and see what he offers differently. I think a lot of pressure been put on Linton to, especially after that penalty miss, we're, we're asking him to do um a lot I think we're lacking that hold up striker to bring others in because I don't think fish is that fish is a nod it on and chase after it or nod it on for someone else to chase after rather than a get it under and bring those players into it. So um yeah and fish that, is, that's always going to be the problem with a four three three is that striker that holds it up and brings others in.
0: Fish is not gonna be the player to get you. 20 goals in the season I say if Fisher right. pl- is playing with his back to his goal which you expect from a player of that type you need someone running off him like Madden ad hater um so yeah potentially uh potentially he's not the one to play out front on his own in the four 3 three I think scrimshaw's very quickly becoming a bit of a forgotten man actually yeah when I wrote down my lineup for Saturday uh I didn't even think of him. And that must have been the player who stood on the side of the pitch for about ten minutes yeah. on Tuesday night and never got himself to come on. Um yeah, and he came with pretty strong reviews as well, didn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, far we've only seen him in a chasing down row, right, haven't we?
4: Mm. Yeah. Like he just comes he came comes on and just tries. Yeah, he doesn't even look like he's gonna get anywhere near the ball. But um yeah, I I I could see be good to see a bit more of Scrimshaw. Um, you mentioned, obviously, Jimmy Torre. I, for me, personally, although he's a cult hero, you know, he seems to be a cult hero in the Thatchers, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that he should be starting, personally. I think he's, what was spoken about when he signed by, um, you know, you, you boys, um, I was sort of thinking, oh, we might have someone here. And when he came on first appearance, he had a bit of explosiveness and impact, but I don't think he's a ninety minute starter for us. I think he is a 10, 15 minutes, twenty minutes at the end to hopefully try and get us back into it. Like either open that open that space for a goal that we need if we're nil-nil or possibly even chasing, but for me, he—I don't know—he just. I suppose that's why he's done in the national league. There's something missing, I think, from him.
3: I think, I think that's part part of the reason we are where we are at the moment is we're chopping and changing, trying to find roles for players, aren't we? Like we've played Torre out wide. We've also played him through the middle. We've played him behind the front two. you know, it's the same for Charlie Wakefield. We're, we're trying to find its sweet spot and I think that's probably where a lot of our problems have come from is that we don't really know our best 11 like even between the three of us tonight we've all got a different different yeah. 11 probably it different shapes as well and and you know it, it
0: doesn't pick itself does it no we've seen nothing to, n- no real game you've left feeling Well, that's the team for next week yeah um there's like, no
3: Steck, Ailing, Webster, <laughs> Byrne, McAllister, Foley, Dawson, Edwards, Upson, Hayter, Madden. You can't pick the first eleven, can you?
0: that was perfect, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They were the they were the eleven tables at Mun and Jess's wedding.
3: <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it picked itself every week, didn't it? You yeah. could have just crossed the name at the top and changed the name for the next week on the team she'd done. Um and you had those players to come off the bench. And, and just right now, it, I, we don't know where our best 11 is. Uh, we're eight games into the season. We've still got time. Let's not be too negative about it. We do have time. Um, although, as we said, the manager probably doesn't have a lot of it. Um, but we need to we need to find a combination that works and that can gel together and can stick together and can start knocking the ball around and trust each other a little bit more than we are at the moment. Um, and then yeah, we might see those points starting to accumulate on the board. Like we've we've got a few draws, but we've only got the one win though, haven't we? Um and need that you need that next one to start building that mentality again, don't you? And get that team, that group energized and see them sort of kick on a little bit, which we probably can do with the players that we've got feels like we probably don't know enough about them ourselves at the moment because we've chopped and changed so much that we yeah. won't say 100% he should be playing every week. I think there's only probably four or five who pick themselves on the team sheet.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, okay. We're going to win this weekend, but should we take some questions from, from the listeners? Definitely. Are you guys ready for this? Let's go. Hmm. Okay. Uh James Drew asks, does Charlie Wakefield want to leave? Or is he just unhappy? He played in his position from last. He played in his position from last, least on Tuesday, but is a shadow of his former self?
0: Yeah. uh, Well, as I say, he didn't even look like he knew where his position was meant to be on Tuesday night. Um me and Jess were saying to each other, what, what is going on with Wakefield? The ball just passing him by and he he looks lost out there. Um, does he want to leave? I don't know. Where's he going to go now anyway? Yeah. <laughs> um, does he? Do you think he feels like he's been the scapegoat a few, or do I feel like he's been the scapegoat a few weeks where the manager's come out in the presser and said stuff about him? Definitely.
4: Mm-hmm. I think the problem, the problem for Wakefield, as we've sort of said in this podcast already tonight, just chatting, we we all three of us know, and every every fan that's listening to this um, this morning, as it will be, um, know where Charlie Wakefield's best position is, getting the ball on that right wing, getting down as the song goes, getting down the wing. The problem that he's had this season is that the manager seems to. Playing in about four, five, six different positions. That's not Charlie Wakefield. You know, he yeah. he, he must he must he must, for him he must not know whether he's coming or going. Doesn't know one week he's playing right back, the next minute he's playing striker. It changes in the middle of the game as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's just it's unbelievable. Like. He's one, the guy this season that seems to have played in the most, most you know, number of different positions. Yeah. Vlad must, you know, yes, he's a professional footballer. I get it. But his main attribute is getting past people, getting on the ball, getting past people, creating that space and getting the ball in. And that's think, what happened, you know.
3: I think back to last season and, you know, he started in right midfield when it was a like 4-4-2 and he was on the right of midfield, but then as the season went on, he went further up and you know, scored a few goals, playing up front. I think the Stevenage game, I think at the Weymouth game, and he, and Bromley away, and he's just not playing with that confidence. And I think that confidence, maybe we did feel that confidence edge away towards the end of the season. I remember was it Wrexham where he had a big chance that he put it straight at the keeper, almost an open goal. There was another one where he was through on goal. I can't remember who it was against. Um,
4: It It was at home, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: was it Stockport, maybe? I can't remember. He was through on goal. He had the whole half to run into and and fluffed it. And I feel like he is a confidence player and he hasn't really had any of those moments. The Chesterfield, uh, sorry, the Stevenage, the the Weymouth, he hasn't had any of those moments yet this season where he's even been close to being in the position to make something happen. And I feel like if, if we can just a couple of them just to build his confidence, even just to get a shot, a goal get get, you know, get the fans on their feet. It doesn't feel like he's had any of those situations where he's had the roar of the crowd with him as he cracks on Saturday, down the line. Saturday,
4: Saturday will be the day. With Beemle yeah.
3: Barrett. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, you will know be I, the day. I, I, I don't know if he wants to leave or not. I can't imagine he's, you know, I can't imagine that's on the cards. And I think it's just a little bit of um, figuring out where we want him to play and hopefully things will fall into place. Uh, Next question from Dexter Tyson. Do you think Chris Hargreaves has favourite players that are untouchable in the team? Seems to me that Torrey and Scrimshaw are not given a fair crack, especially with our lack of goals.
0: We've probably covered this
1: one,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> tonight, um, mm. do I think you've got favorite players? Uh, we've chopped and changed around quite a lot. The players who've changed who've stayed in the team throughout are probably undroppable, in my opinion. Mm. Um, mainly looking at Grant Smith, of course, right itself. Um, Staunton, yeah. R- 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 uh yeah. Worthington those those sort of players put their name own names on the team sheet don't think anyone else has necessarily felt untouchable um but as we've said Scrimshaw came in not really given a chance yet would we like to see it yeah definitely
3: agreed agreed I think we yeah be nice to see a couple of couple of those at the weekend to see what they see what they're about really um Joey Chinnick, I think this is probably pitched at me, Ben and Dave, but we can do this as well because we're in a trio. Uh, who would win in a 100-metre sprint race out of the three of you and who would win in a 2,000-metre run?
4: Well, if it's out the three of us, it's going to be the runner, Elliot, You can do 5K in God knows how quickly, <laughs> 18 minutes. I might be a park runner, but I do not run it in 18 minutes, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: I don't fancy my chances. I think Elliot, you you do far too much exercise and activity to <laughs> even this to even be a question.
0: I'm saying quiet on this
3: question because <laughs> he knows <laughs> because he knows he's the winner. Um, <laughs> uh, ben Barrett asks, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, order these egg cooking methods by breakfast preference: boiled, fried, scrambled, poached.
0: I'm going to write them down a minute. I need to put these in order. This is going to be contentious. I just know it. So we've got boiled. Go for yours, Foxy. Hang on.
4: I've got to write mine down now. Uh,
3: So I will openly admit that up until a few years ago, I'm not a big egg person. Uh, I'm going to start with scrambled, fried, uh, boiled, then poached, because I don't eat a lot of eggs but I do eat a lot of scrambled egg because it's on the fry up at work and
0: <laughs> I am also going scrambled but then I'm going poached fried boiled.
4: Well I'm gonna go with poached fried scrambled and boiled. But I do like I like eggs, so I'd probably have all of those. <laughs> all the time.
3: Were, Next to each other. Like. <laughs>
0: yes. They've all got to have a good quantity of taste with them as well. <laughs>
3: yeah. And bacon and beans. Uh, <laughs>
0: How often do you have a fry up at work, Perky? I need to know
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> Not very often. I'm a big fan of the breakfast wrap, which contains no egg, unless you <laughs> ask them to put egg in. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll have one tomorrow. See how see how we go.
0: He goes, Oh no, I don't have I don't have breakfast. I don't eat but <laughs> yeah, I, fancy I, canteen, I, it. But actually goes <laughs> into work and has a full fry-up every day. We all know.
3: We used to have the Friday fry-up, then COVID came along, and now no one goes in on a Friday, so it doesn't happen anymore. Uh okay, that one's gonna be the probably the most talked about thing from this podcast is the <laughs> the egg uh points of contention. Uh, James Drew asks I know you can't win the league after 10 games but you can lose it where do you think we finish given the start of our season
0: it's hard after the conversation we've had already tonight because we're on the back of two pretty negative performances Mm. I think we'll be probably near the near the middle half of the bottom half of the table (laughs)
3: <laughs> so bottom half, <laughs> bottom half of the table.
0: Definitely. The,
3: that was a very Be More Barrett answer there. That was the probably <laughs> the middle of the book. <laughs> How much fence? Can you yeah, set? I, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. I'm, I'm thinking fourteenth, fifteenth at the moment, <laughs> and even then that'll be probably be decent, yeah.
4: but that's I based
3: think- off the last two, the last two experiences of. Results
4: for me, I don't think my opinions changed too much from the start of the season because I didn't think we were going to do. um, You know, I didn't. The team that we were building at that point in the summer, I wasn't really too enamoured. But you know, I suppose thinking of Ben, we're only seven points off the playoffs. <laughs> you know, we get we get a couple of wins in the next two games, and no one me? else
3: above, and no one else and above us else wins.
4: Above <laughs> uh you know, that'll be great. Even the teams that we're playing don't turn up and we win three 0 Well well, we probably won't even score that many goals. Um, even if a team didn't turn up. But um no, I think my opinion hasn't changed. I think I'm gonna go 10th, I think. I think we'll we'll get there. I think it's quite tight at the moment, but yeah, I can't see us um we improve.
0: Fox has just gone from giving Hargroves two games so that we're gonna finish the <laughs> from This is when Hargroves is gone yeah that's an unbelievable turnaround Um, it it is early days though i think we we do have to remember that it is early days you can pick up you can pick go on a good run of form like we did last season didn't we by the middle of november we'd won what was it six or seven on the bounce and um, we went and turned over Dagenham, who were in the playoffs at the time. It looked really good. And we moved out the table and we're just on the edge of the playoffs at one point. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Look, it ain't written off at the moment. And I've just sat here for the last 55 minutes and been really negative <laughs> about it. It's not written off at the moment. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot. Um, but we you can put a run together. Um, we just need to see it.
3: And I probably should have put this one in the middle rather than at the end. But uh, if you had to replace, this is from John M. If you had to replace our current television pundit manager, I don't think John's particularly happy with Chris Hargreaves, uh, with another from any channel or show, who would you pick? That's I'm picking, a hell of a question. Does it have to be, with, it have to be a pundit? Is it any channel? Channel or show. So I'm going to go with uh, a fictional character from a TV show. I'm going to go with Mike from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Mike Ehrmantraut, Trout. don't know if you've watched that, but always gives very deliberate, clear instructions. You know exactly where you stand with him. You know exactly what he wants you to do. And he's quite threatening and imposing. So you'd probably just crack on with it and do it. So... That's my that's my choice. Mike Ehrman trout from Breaking Bad and Better Course All.
0: That's a quality question as sure well, to be fair. That is a good question. Mike Bassett? 442.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mike Bassett could have this team play <laughs> He's got a bit of passion and he dances on the bars, you know? Let's get Mike Bassett in.
3: <laughs> okay, you've got Mike Bassett, what's he?
0: Uh, I'm going to go on the old pundit line and go for Michael Richards because I reckon it would be a right laugh when he would speak to you at the end.
3: If Roy uh, Keane is his assistant.
0: Yeah, that would be, that'd be quality you having to go over and interview him at the end on, <laughs> on BBC Somerset, or if he sends out Roy Keane as the assistant. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: a way to deflect the questions, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: actually, actually, we can't get
4: an interview in today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh... Sorry, Roy's just tearing the dressing room up as we speak. <laughs> we can hear that. We can hear uh, Sam Pearson get chucked across the uh, the changing room.
3: I do. I do wonder what Roy Keane would make of, you know, make of the current situation. Or Jamie McAllister for that fad, anyway. Uh, uh... I, I,
4: know
0: it is. I thought the question was going to be, Who would you replace the manager with? I was like, Well, obviously, Jamie McAllister. Exactly. No, no,
3: I'm not, I'm not there, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. We'll see after Dorking. then, then, then Four we games. might have that discussion. Um, but who knows after Tuesday, after the next couple of games, six points in the bag up to. If- Whatever we can get to. A
0: couple of big games in that. A couple of big games.
3: It is. And I don't want to call them big games. And I don't want it to, you know, I don't want it to be, you know, feel like this, everything hinges on these two games. But two games in a row at home, if there's, there's, you know, it's going to be a difficult atmosphere if it doesn't turn around. There's a
0: result. There's a result in one of those. Definitely.
3: Yeah, let's hope it's Saturday. Uh, thank you for both of you for taking your time to come and join us. I um, don't know what Ben and Dave are up to. They obviously had other plans. I feel like I got I got slandered for having a podcast off a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> they've got their
4: one match fans. They've
3: got their, they've got one match. Back. Well, Ben Ben will have had two now. So hopefully, I'll be back back ready and raring to go on Sunday. But until then. Uh, enjoy the weekend i'm sure it's going to be a happy day at hewish park despite our negativity tonight cheers guys thank you very much thank you. Cheers. and with a quick turn skipper alex dock slams it in there's lindergaard making forrest backpedal